Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Welcome, everyone. This is Eartha, and I am so touched and honored to have a special guest on our show today for Transition Awareness Breathing. I have uh, my dear sister-in-law, and her name is Coretta Burns. And she is joining our show today, not because she's my sister-in-law. Of course, that's just over the top. But because (laughs) Coretta uh, (laughs) has such, she is my hero in many ways. And she has been through um, experiences that, from a distance, I have really admired her tenacity and her positivity. And so we have talked on our show about change and being positive. I thought Coretta would be such a wonderful person to share exactly how it looks like instead of me talking so I'm going to um, introduce, already introduce you to my sister, Coretta, and Hi. a few seconds. Yeah. Um, I am, thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, you have been through all kinds of waters, tur- turbulence, everything. And yes, I, was my, I was wondering maybe if you could tell us in, uh, uh, you know, how, how, you know, how in the world can you summarize all these years into a few moments? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as we talked in our, our, our second ago in our pre-meeting, but can you tell us your, your, your journey, some of the um, journeys that you went through as far as, you know, back in 2014, 2019, um, uh, all that? Well, 2014... I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer and we hear about it every day about breast cancer but no one ever talks about how to get through it and with myself I got through it by just being positive and I'll tell you the very first nurse that um that helped me through the uh journey um she was the nurse that did my ultrasound after they did the breast. We did the the first mammogram and mm-hmm. we had to go back and do the second. And she I, told me before you, before you get to that story, when, when you were called back for your second screening and you had to go back, what was going through your mind during that time before you got to well, that nurse? Well, I'm thinking, what, what could this possibly be? You know, I really didn't think, okay, could it be breast cancer? You know, it was a lot of things that went on in my head and kind of twirling around. Um, it was when my doctor called me and it said she wanted me to come to her office. Um, that's when it really hit me, thinking, okay, it's, it's serious for her to ask me to come to her office to sit out. Um, mm-hmm. So when I, that's when I found out I had breast cancer. And she was okay. squeezing my hand so hard you know, mm-hmm. I could barely breathe. So mm-hmm. that's when I first found out. And then, but that when you had your ultrasound, you, I interrupt you and I apologize, that, that, that ultrasound nurse, she made a difference in, in your whole life. What, 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 what went it, on? 
everything, everything she said resonate in my head even today. And she basically told me it's going to be up to me how my outcome to get over breast cancer. And basically what she told me was don't let negativity come into the play of my success of getting past it. You know, she basically said, you know, stick to positive people, you know, stay positive in your mindset in everything you do, because that's what's going to get you through um, this breast cancer, you know, and her words of, of wisdom, you know, and I know she's probably seen many of women that came through there, you know, but mm-hmm. her telling me to stay positive and not let pity and self-pity uh, allow me to get in the mix of that fight because it is mm-hmm. a fight and it is it depends mm-hmm. on you how you get through it and so when you had that conversation with when she gave you those those golden words stay positive and don't get sucked in with the pity so when you got to your doctor's office and the doctor's squeezing your hand but that's when it hit you that this was this was real yeah it was real and it was like okay now now it's on so now what you do is you follow everything the advice that your doctors give you make sure you take notes and and things of that nature you know i took a book in with me and i wrote down things that i need to to remember some things i didn't once i got home so i started taking a book with me and i put the doctor's name and what they said and when i went in so a lot of things that started me on my journey of writing things down Okay, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you that too, Ursa. So I wrote things mm-hmm. down, and and that too what got me through because I wrote things down and made me made myself go back and look at the things that I wrote, you know, wrote in my mm-hmm. book, and that mm-hmm. helped me out a whole lot too. But you got to, you have to stay positive yourself. You can't just allow people to to ride this on. This is your ride. People have been riding along your coattail all they want, but this is your ride. It is up to you to get through it. It's not up to anybody else. It's up to you. So you kind of have to accept, so to speak, um, that this is my journey. What do you do when when, when uh, negativity, you know, and it could be the, the purest intentions. Uh, and maybe people don't really mean to be negative. And sometimes they don't hurt them. You know, sometimes you have to stop and say, you know, I'm okay. You know, and, you know, I had to learn a long time ago, you know, I pray for myself. And you can ask mm-hmm. those people pray for you, but you don't know the intentions of other people either. So what I do is I pray for myself. You know, I speak to myself. I talk to myself. It may sound crazy sometimes when you say you talk to yourself, but you do. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to yourself. And get yourself an understanding of what's going on around you and what you're doing. So I did. I talked mm-hmm. to myself. And what I talked mm-hmm. to myself was about when I first um, went to the doctor and that first surgeon, you know, I wanted to go in with a vengeance. I wanted to get it done, taken care of. And that doctor said, mm-hmm. no, I think you should just start off doing a lumpectomy, which is just a part of your breast. And in my mm-hmm. head, that's not what I wanted to do. 
But, you know, he spoke me down and I went ahead for it. And I said, going forward, I'm telling anybody, if that's what you want to do, you tell the doctor, no, this is my body. This is what I want to do. And I wish I had, I wouldn't have had to go through it a second time around. But it is what it is. And I let him downplay it. But after that experience, and I went back to see him, and he still said there was still breast cancer there. I said, never again. I went to, I said, I want to go someplace that people do this all the time. People work on breast cancer all the time. So the surgery that did the first, the lumpectomy, um, that wasn't a place where they did lumpectomies all the time. No, no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't do cancer all the time, and I didn't feel like he was giving me. He didn't educate me on the things I need to know because I was new going in. Like who who gets breast cancer all the time? So you don't really know the questions to ask. You know what to say. You're listening to them and you're getting information from them. But if you don't feel like you're getting fed enough education, you go somewhere mm-hmm. else. And that's what I did. I picked myself up. I started calling around the bigger place that does this all the time. I got an appointment. I got in. I saw a doctor. And we hit it off perfectly. And I said, this is a doctor for me. And mm-hmm. that's who did my actual mastectomy. Mm-hmm. So... Then- you have to, yeah. You have to be comfortable mm-hmm. in your own skin. So when you're so, when you're asking questions, that can be kind of scary if you don't know. You know, it is. I mean, you're, it is scary. You have this. You have this diagnosis, and it's uh, one of the most serious diagnoses I can even imagine. And now you're pulling yourself together to ask questions. What was that like? Can you put that into words? It was hard because. One, you don't know all the terminology and you don't know all the words of what's coming into breast cancer. You don't even know what you're going to do after the breast cancer, the things that they do. You don't know any of those things. And so going in, you're a newbie. The best you can do is either, you know, you can, you can always research. But research is not going to tell you everything that you need to know about you. You know, so the best thing you do is you don't let your doctor come in for a second and leave the room. You stop them. Say, listen, I want to know this, this, and this. Don't let them out the room so quick. Because sometimes they want to give you 15 minutes and they're out of there. And sometimes you have to stop them and say, I have more questions. What do I do now? How long is this going to take? Do, what do I do after that? What kind of clothes do I wear after work? It's a lot of things that you don't know. When I've got mine done, I didn't know what to do because I still had the other breast. So the other breast is one size, and then you have another size. I didn't know those questions. I didn't think about that. You know, I didn't think about what's take place after the, the first. So, and that's one thing and, that you mentioned, that it's so important to go to a place where they do those procedures all the time. All the time. Yeah, you, you mentioned um, about your meeting with the, uh, what was the oncologist. Yeah, the first oncologist I met, you know, and I had on in my mind, I wanted to, to get this thing out. And when I spoke to him and he asked me, you know, how do I want to deal with this? And I told him, I said, I want to, I want to get it done. I want the whole breast to be gone. And mm-hmm. he was a to me. But then when I got to the surgeon, that first surgeon, 
You know, he said, well, if, he, if I was his mom or sister, he would say, let's not do it aggressively. Thinking, mm -hmm. Let's do it aggressively. And so he talked me down and I said, okay, you know, which mm -hmm. I wish I hadn't. But, you know, he mm -hmm. talked me down. He said, no, let's do the lumpectomy. But a lot of times with the lumpectomy, they may not get all the cancer. So then that means you have to go back again, and which we call, you have to do the whole mastectomy, which takes the whole breast away. Okay. So I felt like I was kind of backwards, but in the end, you know, I still got that breast done. I'm glad that I got that done, but I'm also glad that I took upon myself to go to a place that does these procedures all the time. Yeah. You know, everything that they do is cancer. So mm -hmm. I felt comfortable once I went to that facility. So the fear, any fear or anxiety, uh, how did the that, fear did and that... anxiety of, Yeah, it's the unknown. You know, anything that we don't know about or have an idea of educated about, that's always a fear. Fear going in was, let's just get it done. Let me move on with my life. Let me fix this however I can do it. Stay positive. Do everything they tell you to do. If you need to go to classes. They have classes also. Classes that teach you either how to do your 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 wound care when you get home. If you're not really yeah. sure of it, you can say, I want to go to a class. You know, I want to make okay. sure I'm doing this right. Making sure I have enough bandages at home and the prep of it. So it's up to you. You have to ask the questions. You have to tell them, where do I get more bandages at? If you're not sure where the medical supply stores are, you know, you ask them those questions. But of course, you know, you're going in, you don't know all this stuff. Going to those classes were really, was really helpful. It was helpful. It was. It was very helpful. Even the class I had to go to, um, they show you how to milk your um, your line, and I'm glad I went because them just showing you one time. It, once you get home, it's a whole different story. Because once you get mm -hmm. home, you're not used to a line being inside of your your wound, inside of your body, holding on mm -hmm. to it enough so that you don't pull it out your wound and yeah. making sure all the fluid is going into the bag. It's a process. It's something that you don't know on a normal basis. You get through it. You, you have to get through it. You know, and you will. You, you will get through it. But you have to stay positive. You know, you, you have to stay in a secure game. You keep mentioning you got to get through it. You got to move on. You got to be positive. It, it, it seems like that was your your primary mission was to get through it and to it stay was. positive. It was. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I was marching through it. Because that that was like my whole motive was I'm a, I'm gonna live and I'm gonna survive this. You know, this is not gonna take me down. It's gonna have to take more than this to get me, you know, down like that. But yeah, my biggest thing is I gotta move on. This is just one thing in life. But I can move on. I know I can. So your so your motivation was was living to, and to move on and and you found that spiritual connection within you and uh, and it seemed like that was that was like um a lifesaver it seems oh yeah this is the end of part 1 in the episode 
of what the power of positivity really looks like in the face of fire. Thank you, Coretta, for opening your your heart and sharing your thoughts and your just your wholehearted uh, experience. May may we all learn from you in the power of your 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 positivity and your strength to keep moving and your tenacity and determination to live. Join us again and listen to part two of our episode as Coretta takes us into a another part of her her story as she shares the second fire that she is extinguishing with her positivity with her strength to move and her desire to live I look forward to talking to you again next time have a great day be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book Tab Mindfulness Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World it's not just an ordinary coloring book It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness. Awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com.